Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts, joined by Isaac Adams for the last episode of the season. How you doing, Isaac? Last episode, summertime. Kids are out of school. We're out of the podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. You got any plans for the summer? Probably just listen to you and Shai's episode on repeat. That's pretty much my plan. Just <laughs> that was a fun. Ed- I, yeah, it was fun. It was so good. Oh my gosh. So edifying. I was like, why does Austin do this podcast with me? Like, fire me, hire Shy. I mean, it's just a brother. And like, and you're just a fantastic interviewer. I'm not flattering you. You're so, you're so good at interviewing people. Your uh, your radio voice. I mean, uh, you know, you may, you maybe you weren't made for TV, but you were certainly made for radio. So. Uh, brother just thank you for that that was so shy was kind to give us so much time um he's that brother's just got a lot of wisdom he was he does and i mean i think we're trying to share it for free i mean by the time folks listen to this the giveaway will be over but uh we did give away free copies of his book and some united we pay pray t-shirts of course jerry's got some cool stuff going on so if you want stuff like that go over to our instagram because it's always christmas at united we pray and we're regularly giving away stuff so austin i am hogging the time so you steer us my friend i'm a bit more wily than shy i'm sure but here i am in more ways than one. But we are here closing out our season. We've been doing this series on our aims as a ministry, what we want to be, how we want to conduct ourselves in this ministry. And we are closing it out with the aim biblical, that we want to be biblical in all that we write and say. Yeah. Uh, you have, I believe, a verse from scripture that you want to read and reflect on here as we get started. Do you have that? Yeah, I mean, I heard uh, I heard a pastor say this the other day. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Amen. Um, and you know, God's word has a lot to say about God's word. And I think one of the kind of pinnacle mountain peaks of that is Psalm one nineteen. Uh, we can almost close our eyes and pick any verse, but I'll just pick uh, twelve uh, to fourteen. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I mean, there's so, there's so much we could dive into on those three verses, but what I love is the evident joy in God's word that this isn't just a mere, I have to, I must, but the evident, I I mean, truly how, like, I think it's a good question to kind of take stock of our own souls. Can I truly say I delight in the Bible as much as in all riches. If someone handed me a check for $1,000, whatever, or whatever amount, you know, that would make you happy. Uh, what I, if someone handed me my Bible, would I react with that's the good. same amount of joy, if not more? I just think that's good, good for us to think about. So man, yeah, this is, this is everything. I mean, we see the revelation here without revelation, we are lost. And you know, uh, he just, the psalmist just wrote, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees. And so, uh, we need, (laughs) we need God's revelation. We need his Holy spirit illumining us. You know, that's why he prays in 18, open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. We need our eyes open. Anyway, I could keep going, but let me pray and I'll pray specifically that prayer that the Lord will open our eyes as we talk about these things. Father, we, we ask that your spirit would illumine our eyes 
We thank you for your word. You didn't have to reveal yourself. You didn't have to reveal yourself. You didn't have to reveal yourself, but you did. And we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Isaac, do you have our aim open? Yeah, I do. It's right here on our website, youwepray.com. And just go to our aims under about. And uh, right at the top, we say, United We Pray aims to be biblical in what we write and pray. While United We Pray intends to happily and critically engage with and learn from other resources, the Bible is our foundation. We want to build our faith and practice from the Bible up. Please pray for us that this would always be our aim. So listeners, we are asking you to not just consume this ministry, but to pray for it and bless it that way and help us to be biblical. So there's the aim. I think it's great. You did a really good job writing these, by the way. I don't think I tell you that enough, but, uh, I, well, man, you know, every now and then I actually write for the website. I know you don't, no one would think that. And, uh, even a broken clock can be right. So thank you. Hey, our, our most recent article is by you guest post and it's about heaven <laughs> and it's great. So thank you for doing that. I'm happy to be a guest anytime, bro. So we state these aims positively, mm-hmm. um, but we don't do that to be obnoxious. Like we don't say we want to be biblical as opposed to all those other Christians who aim to be unbiblical. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no kind of backhanded commentary. It's just this is what we aim to be. This is what we're trying to do. And we're in a really bad spot if other Christians aren't doing that. I think every Christian intends to be that uh, and hopes to be that. I mean, this is the, you know, as one statement of faith would put it, uh, not your beloved. I don't know if the London puts it like this, but certain, certainly the New Hampshire, the, the Bible is the true center of Christian union. And so we aim like Christians to not be innovative in this way, but to come from the scriptures of old, the faith once delivered to the saints. That's great. I want to talk about this because there's there's two ditches you can fall into on either side of this. Um, and I want to talk about that. So mm-hmm. we just interviewed Shai. Shai's all about the, the Reformation and the New Reformation. So Reformation principles, sola scriptura. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's one of the main principles that God's word is the ultimate authority for the Christian. So this was contra, you know, the reformers uh, in their day uh, are being told that the church uh, is is at least on par with uh, scripture, if not above it. Uh, and they were coming and saying, no, God. And so, you know, the dictates of the church, whatever it may be, uh, can be authoritative and binding. And they were saying, no, God's word alone uh, is the ultimate authority from the scripture. That's how we under, that is the revelation of God. So it is not the Pope or, you know, the vicar of Christ or whatever. It is God's word. Uh, and so we look to God's word and it's the foundational principle where all those other beautiful solas, that's where we get them from. Uh, so, yeah. So sola scriptura kind of gives us the hierarchy for understanding resources. So whereas we can be really grateful when Isaac writes a good article, but that article is only good insofar as it agrees with scripture. Correct. Exactly. Okay. It is, it's the rule. It's what, yeah, it's what regulates. Yes, exactly. But sola scriptura is not the same thing as what is sometimes called nuda scriptura or biblicism. And biblicism sounds like a really good thing. What what is that? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, biblicism, 
Um, to answer the question you're asking, biblicism would be a strict interpretation that the Bible must literally say, if the Bible does not literally say it, then it, uh, it, it, it's not implying these things. It's, it's, it, it must be in the Bible explicitly. I'm not sure how else to say it, uh, that uh, a biblicist is going to have a chapter and verse for everything. And that's that's a wonderful impulse. This is what kind of the tension I was feeling. I want like it sounds like a great thing. And the desire and the impulse is a great one. I'm like book, chapter and verse. Where are you getting that from? The only hitch is God has not exhaustively spoken on everything. So, you know, the Bible just doesn't talk about marijuana. But I don't think that means we can't get biblical instruction, insight, principles about drunkenness, for example, that relate to marijuana. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, and so we con that's why we constantly have to be going to the Word. So we do believe the Bible equips us for life and godliness, and that the man of God may be complete, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. But that doesn't mean, oh, if the Bible doesn't say it, then God doesn't speak to it. That that's a leap that we want to be careful not to make. I have this theory. Tell me if you think there's something to this or if I'm if I'm crazy. Um, You're crazy. I, guess it could be both. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell you that now. Okay. Well, I think the New Descript Torah folks and the Sola Scriptura folks actually um, have very little difference as it relates to the Bible. I think the difference shows up in that uh, New Descript Torah folks don't aren't so interested to learn from something that's not in the Bible. So, rightly practiced, sola scriptura means that the Bible is our ultimate authority and that everything we think, everything we read, everything we consume has to be judged in light of Scripture. And insofar as Scripture agrees with it... That's exactly right. It's true. Yep. yep. Nuda scriptura says we don't need to learn from anything else because we've got the Bible. And I, I actually don't think the Bible... Correct. Take, puts itself out there that way. And what, so tell me, like, why don't you think the Bible says that? I mean, it says equipped for every good work. Yeah. So what what are you reading? Are you reading a different Bible? Like, what's going on? I, I, I hope not. I mean, I'm reading the CSB. I don't know what, you know, janky translation you're reading, but... I'm um, actually using the CSB today, lo and behold. Awesome. So I actually, yes, yeah, yes, to my, yes, anyway, go um, ahead. No, I, in all seriousness, there's a lot of good translations. I'm just really on a CSB kick. So I'm thinking of Paul... Uh, evangelizing and how he engages uh, secondary sources. I'm thinking of how mm -hmm. uh, Jesus commends other professions um, like doctors when, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Bible doesn't tell you how to be a doctor. Um, mm -hmm. So there's clearly things to learn that are not in God's word. And that should be seen as no threat to the authority of God's word. It's just saying that God has specifically written down everything for life and godliness and has revealed other truths other ways, as he has in general revelation, uh, given us things to learn about his character uh, per Romans 1. There are, there are other ways we can learn. That's right. I, th I, I think that's exactly right. And like, you know, none of us, none of us are biblicists in the ultimate sense. Like, even biblicists send their kids to school and send their, send or, you know, train their school kids with like, hey, this book is about the alphabet. 
like this is a good thing like you need to learn how to read and regardless if an atheist wrote this book or a christian wrote this book it's good for you to know how to read and yeah i mean we could talk about paul you know paul's like even your own poets say this when he's writing to titus right he's like even they say this and he's saying it to say they're right like it's just a common grace observation that they're making you know it doesn't matter if the atheist says that the earth is round uh or christian says it it's just the earth is round so there it is so let's try and state this positively this means if we're if we're doing this right uh it means that we can talk about things that scripture doesn't specifically address and it means that we should apply the principles and the wisdom of god's word to those specific situations that's right i, I was trying to think i mean what is the westman i feel like you would know this because you're down there with your presbyterian friends at rts what is the westminster confession beautiful statement about inferences or implications of scripture i don't know it off the top of my head but what's oh there's something good on i actually have some beef with this but uh they talk about of course the good and necessary. of course i do they talk about good and necessary consequence and so they say you know things are true as stated from scripture and then one step further than that is applying human reason to the principles of scripture and anything that is true uh, or anything that, you know, is required by good and necessary consequence of logic is therefore also true. I didn't say state that very well, but that's that's what the confession says. Well, sorry to bring up something you have beef with, but well, I was okay. I mean, since it, so I, since I mentioned that, what I think is, I agree with that statement, but the further out we get on the limb of human reason, the, the less firm ground we're on, to mix metaphors. Yeah. So... If scripture, for take exam, for example, the Trinity, um, the New Testament does not contain the word Trinity, but by referring to each person of the Godhead as divine, we by good and necessary consequence come up with the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, right. That is a really good example of, you know, how that works. But if the, the further we get away from God's word, the more degrees of separation, the, the less confident I am that we're doing things right because we're just not as smart as we think we are. Let me read this quote that I think is useful. Uh, this is actually from Matt Merker said this. So I thought this was really helpful. And he said, one, one reason believers disagree on issues like systemic racism is that we have different intuitions about common grace insights. Some hold deep suspicion, whether consciously or not, about secular scholarship. Others are more open to it as an expression of common grace. So Christians who agree on paper about the sufficiency of scripture still end up with different instincts about how to apply scripture to the ethical challenges of our day, end quote. I just think that naming that difference just goes a long way in producing charity in conversations. Like, hey, you think if the person writing this resource is not a Christian, it is fundamentally unusable. That's right. We don't think that. Now, that doesn't mean we think everything they're saying is true, but it doesn't mean we think everything they're saying is untrue either. And, you know, they'll probably ask the question, well, why would you go with like, when you can have pure steak, why would you go over to something that has bones in it? And it's like, well, because the Bible actually is about God first and foremost, and God is actually saying something very specific in the Bible. This person is saying something very specific that actually helps with the ethical challenges of our day. I'm a Christian. I understand that, you know, I'm, yes, I'm headed to heaven, but I am still to love my neighbor. And this is actually helpful for me in that. So anyway, have I just completely thrown us off? No, I think that's, no, that was really good. And Merker is smart. We love Matt. 
I think there he is. I I have a particular interest in trying to help Christians be consistent uh, as to how we apply secondary resources. By secondary resources, I mean anything that's not the Bible. So we agree that we evaluate everything by the Bible. But depending on the issue, I think each of us have different levels of interest or different tolerances for bringing in other resources. So if if I of course. If I have a heart attack, I am very interested in my cardiologist. I really don't care what he believes. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, the person having a heart attack doesn't say, well, you know, what does the Bible say about this? Um, and that's not to make light of yeah. the Bible. That's just to use it for what its stated purpose is. But depending on the issue, uh, we can we we are all tempted to sort of pull the parachute cord out of a conversation that makes us uncomfortable um, by saying, well, the Bible doesn't talk about this, mm. so it can't be important. Like, depending on the issue, we all have some temptation towards that, yeah. I think. And with issues of race, it's, it's yeah. real yeah. easy to say, you know, this is just a foolish controversy, to use the Bible's term. This is not something that the Bible speaks to, therefore it can't be important, uh, and therefore I don't have to read these non-believers who are writing about it. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think... I mean, one thing that I hope you put in the show notes and listeners, I would encourage you to check out is Austin's article is talking about race unbiblical because we do hear this and it's, it's, there's a, there's a kind of sinister irony in this because I think had, you know, fundamentalist Christians of, uh, which we are, you know, somewhat downstream from Austin, um, had taken, you know, what the Bible says about this more seriously in the right ways. I don't think we would be, I don't think United We Pray would be necessary. Can you unpack that for just a second? Don't move on from that, because I think that's really good. What do you mean there? I mean that if we had not relegated this to, well, this is a social issue, kind of spirituality of the church stuff. This is just a social sphere that we are divided, that uh, that we don't touch. I think what that allowed for was a major blind spot to go unchecked and to grow prejudices, racism. So by not talking about issues of race for hundreds of years, the church has now backed itself into a corner where we need extra biblical help from people who have been talking and thinking about race. Yeah, I don't want to say need, but uh, yeah, we have we've certainly seeded the ground. So we just don't. I mean, that's what Shai was quoting in that um, book by J. Daniel Hayes in your interview. It's like, why are most of the systematic, like the kind of most prominent systematic theologies in um, in at least the evangelical world, kind of over the last decades, why are they virtually silent about race you know that 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 says something and unfortunately what it would be great that if we just didn't talk about something then that would mean we don't struggle with it but in fact it actually allows us to struggle with it all the more like if if we don't talk about lust if we don't talk about greed if we don't talk about name your sin uh we're not equipped with how to deal with it or to spot it in our life. But here's the, the sinister, so that that's me kind of fleshing out that point. But the sinister irony is then I think, you know, it's not just, I think it's too simplistic a narrative to say the church was just silent about it. The church actually eisegeted their prejudices into the text, whether it be Curse of Ham, uh, you know, interracial marriage, you know, using Ezra in this horrible way, or what it, pick your, you know, name your theological error when it comes to race, you know, black people being not made, you know, being sub Adam and all of this stuff. Um, you know, they were they were saying the Bible spoke about this, but they were saying that the Bible spoke about this in the wrong way, meaning they were using the Bible wrongly 
to endorse slavery or whatever it may be. So I think that's why people also get nervous. They're like, no, 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 the Bible doesn't speak about it. And what they mean is the Bible doesn't speak about it that way. And what we want to do is not just say, we want to take the implications of scripture and properly use them. So we, so that kind of gets back to your two ditch thing. We don't want to abuse the text, but we don't want to let the text not help us when it does, right? Love your neighbor. I mean, this is a, you know, John Stott said this, this is a racialized parable for a reason. Um, now, again, as I say, it's not the same exact parallels and all of that with our modern ideas of race. Uh, but does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. About the way the Bible has been used and the Bible hasn't been used and the errors uh, that go along with both. Yeah. There's humanity is so innovative in ways to get things wrong. Yeah. Yes. We're very creative. So let's wrap it up here by just thinking, how do we help Christians with different convictions? And I'm imagining two different people. One person is the hypothetical fundamentalist we've already spoken about who doesn't believe that uh, we should use any resource other than the Bible. That's person A. Person B doesn't read their Bible as much as they should. And they spend a lot of time getting really excited about modern scholarship and you know, all of these other things and mm. just wishes Christians would read more of that and quit being stuck in the Bible, which obviously hasn't uh, fixed the problem in their mind. I think both of those people are in error. Mm. Uh, how do we help them? Yeah, I'm, th I'm trying to find Paul when he's like, you know, when he's exhorting, I think it's in Thessalonians somewhere, uh, where he's like, you know, what does he say? He says, uh, you know, for this person, exhort, for this person, encourage, for this person, rebuke, for the lazy, admonish, you know, like, so all that to say, different people need different pastoral responses, right? So for person A, uh, and in some senses, I do think person A is on safer ground than person B. But um, for person A, I mean, I think, Austin, I'm trying to probably engage them on their terms. Like, I I, I know what you're you're trying to do. I think you're right in saying, like, you can be helped by these things. If, if I like what you say in your CRT series, like, this is where the scholarship can help us if we'll let it, right? Um, but if someone in their conscience is opposed to that, I'm not about to make them read anything they don't want to read. I'm just going to be like, let's go to the text because I think I can get there in the text. Like, let's talk about Galatians 3.28 and why that doesn't mean colorblindness, right? So that's my response to person, uh, person A. Um, but challenging them on the very things we've been talking about for the last 25 minutes, right? If they're open to that, if they are truly open to that conversation about like, hey, tell me why you read some of these things. It's like, well, I actually think this is a really useful insight. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, and it challenged me usefully. And helpfully. But to person B, I want to say, you know, you, you, I'm glad you are learning a ton, but kind of going back to that sola scriptura principle, what is the governor on all that you're learning? Uh, and are you uncritically adopting some ideas, some ideology that you, you actually want to be really careful with? And so, you know, and that person B, I'm probably saying, you know, read, read United, we pray stuff. I mean, well, read your Bible, but it's like, well, yes. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. And like, you've got to read your Bible. And so, um, but what I'm, the reason I was saying United Brace stuff is because I think person B is probably going to be more sympathetic with the things we're trying to do. And I think what I hope is they're finding tons of Bible in our stuff to say, like, it just, both of those people are trying to have a kind of 
divorce from the other. It's just in different ways. Uh, and I want to say Bible paramount. And if this other stuff is helpful, praise God, but be careful with it. And then you just got different pastoral questions. How mature is this person? What are the, how bad is the stuff they're reading? I mean, there are gradations, right? Not everything is radioactive, nuclear explosion, explosive. Not everything is just benign. So it's just, I mean, this is why scripture calls us to be wise as serpents. We need discernment and we need wisdom. That's right. And insofar as people are reading our stuff and finding it helpful, I do hope there's tons of Bible in it. If there's not, you should fire me. I wanted to double click on something you said, which is you're, you're not as concerned about person A as you are person B. And I might just frame that a little bit differently, which is if person A is reading their Bible and doesn't want to read anything else, I'm not as concerned about his or her soul and potential salvation, right? Sure. But if, uh, depending where they're at, I I might also be more concerned about them being a jerk <laughs> yes. than person B. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, which is just, the Bible didn't make them a jerk, to be clear. But selective biblicism, selective, you know, framing of conversations and sort of making yourself, you know, Captain Bible who discerns, you know, what everyone else can talk about. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty divisive place. I think our biblicist brethren, sisters, um, it does lead to a certain kind of posture, I think, one that means to be defensive, to defend this position that you are trying to introduce, you know, fire, uh, you know, fire into the barn or a match into the barn, whatever the phrase is. Um, and that Lee, and then I think that kind of position draws a certain kind of personality. And I think we do see, you know, we're not saying, you know, people can't be jerks on the other side. My yeah. goodness, there are jerks abound. Uh, but uh, I think we do often see a certain kind of disposition that seems to be at odds with, you say you're committed only to the Bible. Why are you yeah. talking like that? Then? <laughs> like, I can understand why someone who's reading other stuff is, you know, but like, if that's all you're reading, why is this coming out of your mouth in this way? Yeah. Well, anything else, brother? We, um, we've gone a little long here. I want to wrap us up. Anything, any final encouragements as we wrap up the season? Uh, just to, just to encourage you, Jerry and Josh, I mean, praise God for the eighth season. I've loved the stuff we've talked about, uh, and sincerely asking for help that we would be biblical in all that we do say, uh, all that we write. Uh, we want to, we, we don't want to diverge from what God, uh, has revealed and how he would have us to live. So just, but thanks to you, brother, you, you do so great, uh, in steering this ship. And, uh, I'm excited for, I don't know if you want to tell folks about what's coming this summer. I don't know if you're doing that on the front end or if I'm revealing things of which should not be spoken. Oh, let, no, me, we're, but. well, we're here. Um, let's, let's just talk about it <laughs> briefly. So we do an article series called when I recognized race, and it's a, a way for folks to talk about just that, like when they recognized race and racism. And we hear from majority culture folks, minority brothers and sisters, and, uh, the stories are, are pretty powerful. And so what we did for this little summer special is that we got, uh, a number of writers who have written these to, record their articles in their own voice uh, explaining how they recognized race. And so we'll be putting these out as little five-minute shorts uh, this summer. And I've, I've listened to a couple of them now that Josh has produced. He's done a great job, and they're really powerful. 
Praise God. Well, I'm looking forward to that, man. So yeah, man, besides, I mean, I think some we've, we've continually gone back to, I mean, uh, God's word tells us James one five, if we lack wisdom, let us ask and God will give, give it generously. So I think, uh, we aim to be biblical in our prayers. So we should pray. Amen. Well, I'll start us and you can close. Awesome. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for my brother. Thank you for this work that we get to do. Lord, we ask for your help. We desire to be biblical in all of the best ways. And we just acknowledge up front that we lack the wisdom in and of ourselves to do that. Um, we mm -hmm. can be mistaken in so many different ways. We can abuse the text. We can ignore the text. We can apply things over and against the text. We can ignore other help that you've given us uh, in seeming, you know, preference to your scriptures. Lord, keep us from all kinds of error. Um, we just pray that you would help us, that you would keep us uh, near to your word, that we would evaluate everything else in light of it. Um, and Lord, we pray that as we as a ministry put things out, that we would, that we would be helpful, that we would be biblical. Um, keep us from, please keep us from putting things out there that are unhelpful, unbiblical. Uh, and we pray that this work would encourage the saints. We pray that Christians would be able to love each other better. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we borrow the words of the psalmist who said, how sweet your word is to our taste, sweeter than honey in our mouth. We gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, we hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. Father, we thank you for your word. You, you didn't have to reveal yourself to us, but you did. We don't want to be bored with your word. We want to love it. We want to think about it. We want it to permeate our lives that we might love our neighbors and love you. Father, you know the way your people have attended to your word in the wrong ways and the racism that has been produced and coddled and encouraged because of that sinful eisegesis. Father, we confess and ask for forgiveness for any way we've sinfully added to your word. And Father, you know the way racism has gone unchecked because of the failure to apply your word to sins like partiality, pride, haughtiness, callousness, man-stealing, whatever it may be, Lord. So, Father, we pray that you would check us and love us, and we trust that your word uh, promises you do and you will. Father, your word tells us that you are gracious and forgiving and that you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And so we come to you uh, with this prayer, submitting this ministry to you, asking for your help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a wrap on season seven. Are we on season seven or season eight? This is season seven, right? Season seven. You and I have been talking about season eight, uh, season eight. but yeah, uh, that's it, folks. Uh, we pray that you have a wonderful summer. Uh, go back and check out other episodes in the season if you haven't already. Lots of articles, stuff coming down the pike. Uh, and then, yeah, I think season eight, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about my book on the way uh, early in early 22 and lots of other things to talk about, Austin. So good to pray with you, brother. Thank you for all your work, man. Likewise. Thanks for listening. Grace and peace. <laughs>